God, I got a crazy word today. Um, it's interesting in our society where it's called so dot 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 space reap. And we have such an uh, entitlement kind of attitude uh, that for for many of us, for many of the church, much of the church, we we receive amazing forgiveness and uh, we, we do and, and grace and, and blessing and hope and joy. You know, when we when we receive Jesus as Savior, when we believe in, trust in, rely on. And uh, how was Monday, by the way? Monday, good. You don't know because you shared. You can't say, right? You're not allowed to say. It was this past Monday, right? Excellent. Thank you. And that is the ladies, you guys. I, I really appreciate that. Y'all do that. It's good. Okay, back on track. We receive so much in salvation. It's It's more than just... As Tommy would say, fire insurance. It, it's full. It's full. Body, soul, spirit. Uh, the soul, we talked about last Sunday, the very core of who we are. Out of, out of which everything flows. All of our behaviors, our attitudes, our thoughts. And when God redeems our soul, we're new. Man, we see things differently. We receive things differently. But it's difficult sometimes in, in, in our culture not just to want more. And it's not bad to want more from your daddy. But if that's all we do, if that's our response, then we're missing a lot of blessing. He says you have not because you ask not, but then there's some instruction about how passing on what we received is key to greater blessing. Amen? So we're going to talk about that concept and, and that aspect. It, it's not we reap and then we reap and then we reap. But we are given and we receive and then we sow. Freely we receive, freely we give when Jesus sent some of his disciples and followers out. To minister. But sometimes we get it a little backwards. It's almost like we make a deal with God. It's like, you know, God, if you'll do this for me, then I'll do that for you. And it's like, what a joke that is. You know what I mean? It, and it's, it's, it's kind of stinky. But it has to begin somewhere in us. For us to be able to change our mind on that, and, and we talked about changing our mind, the repentant aspect of what it means to be thinking differently now. Thinking about His grace. Thinking about His gifts to us. Thinking about how we behave because of that. But it all begins with strength. Because if we're not strong... If we don't really believe that God has our best interest in mind and that he actually knows 
what we need the most, better than we, then we won't step out. We won't initiate. We won't give, whether it be money or love or time or emotions, we won't give because we're afraid we're going to give it all away and then we won't have any left, no matter what that is. So until we understand that the more we give, the more God gives, the more seed we sow, the more seed he puts in our bag, you know, it's not the other way around. It's not, well, God, when my seed bag is full, I'll start sowing. How about this? It happens with friendship. And we learn that to have friends, we need to be friendly. Is that what the Bible says? That's right. But this is true with a lot of things. If we're sitting by our telephone waiting for someone to call us, you know, I visited Franklin Covenant Church three times and nobody's called me. I shouldn't, maybe I should have said it that way. I'm trying to learn to be less sarcastic. It's really a job. But that phone rings out as easily as it rings in. Amen. And, and, and it's, it's, it's time that we as believers, confident in his grace, confident in that he has supplied everything we need. And what am I going to say? Pertaining to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Amen. I can't help it. It's just a great, great verse. Um, if we will believe and trust that the more we give, the more we receive, the more we call, the more we'll be called, the more we serve, the more we'll be served, the more God, you can't outgive God in any area or arena. You cannot. I think, bottom line, it's time we stop asking for more so that we can give and start giving more so that we can receive. Are you with me? It is totally opposite to what our flesh says. It is completely, it's like, man, we need to guard this. And so what's the bottom line here? Bottom line here is fear. It's fear. So we're going to look at some of those things. How do we get rid of the fear? How, how, what, and just be thinking about that. And um, you probably have some good scriptures and stuff. Maybe you don't. But I want us to see that without the fear, there is strength. There is confidence. And this confidence and strength is in His grace. Otherwise, we're afraid. Paul tells Timothy, watch this. Second Timothy. Chapter 2, verse 1. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Got to start there. You got to start there. We have to start there. That's actually the meat of the gospel. I don't know if I said this last time. Somebody, we were working somewhere and uh, some, uh, a friend of the people we were working for came by and uh, said, Oh, I hear you're a preacher. He said, um, do you preach the meat? 
And my mind's going crazy because she starts pulling out Ezekiel and, you know, and all this wheels and wheels and all this and great problems. It's very interesting stuff, you know. You can read it and, you know, it's really, and if you understand it, I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it is interesting. But she was thinking that was meat and I'm thinking, no, that's not meat. The meat is Jesus. The meat is Jesus the Christ. And when do we deviate from that? When do we deviate from him at all, no matter what it is, and make that more important? Then we're missing the meat. You know, we really are. And and then the core of it is, and I'm going to say this, this is not in the sermon, but no charge for this. Love is the meat. Because every list, if you look at the lists, you know, there are many lists in the New Testament where you, where you start with this and you add that and you add to your faith, virtue, and you do it right. And there's, there's, there's another one that I'm thinking of and I, I can't really get it out. But the last thing on the list is love because it's a progression to the meat. It's a progression to the good stuff, to the stuff that really matters, that needs to remain, right? It really gives us the stuff. And it's always Love. Okay. No charge for that. But there's a lot that has a lot to do with this because, un, un, first of all, until we get rid of the, uh, receive the grace of the Lord, get rid of the fear and love, then the reaping's not going to happen to its fullest extent. Are you with me? So here we go. We see some examples of sowing first, taking initiative. Just like God the Father did in sending Jesus the Son. We need to ponder that a little. That God took the initiative that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, right? So he took the initiative. And if we're like him, then that's the way we need to behave. That's the way we need to believe. That's the way we need to treat each other. That's the way we need to understand ourselves, right? So uh, Ephesians. Now, these are not necessarily the main focus of these uh, two scriptures that I'm going to read. But if we'll hear them through the filter of us taking an initiative to then receive the blessing rather than expecting the blessing to come from the other person and then We'll do whatever it is. I'm going to give. I'm probably ahead of myself, but I'm going to give a little example. I, I deal a lot with married couples, and uh, Kathy and I do. And it's interesting that so many times I always listen to both sides. Right? You got to. You you, you got to, right? Because you're not going to get the whole picture. But invariably, not always. Well, that would be invariably. Almost invariably, <laughs> the one will tell me how the other one needs to change so that their marriage will work. And then this one will tell me how the other one needs to change in order that the marriage would work. The truth is, if this one would change, that one would change. Because... 
Our actions elicit certain responses. And when our actions are really loving and serving and all that, then it, it changes something in someone's heart. That's what happened to us when God loved us so much that he sent his only son. It changed us. And it will change each other. Now, it's not only true in marriages. It's true in all relationships. Everybody okay? <laughs> it's true in every relationship. It's so easy for us to expect the other one to move. And sometimes we actually expect God to move, then we'll move. And that's not, he's already moved. And we respond in gratitude and appreciation. And out of that love expressed to us, in response to that, we give, we serve, we, right? We love. And it changes the world around us. It changes the atmosphere when we walk in a room, when we carry that attitude and that posture, right? I, I get excited about this. But it's a challenge. It's a truth and it's a blessing, huge blessing. But it's also a challenge, right? So here we go. Watch this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Or the, I, I should call them back in or I should let them out afterwards. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, it doesn't say, parents, make sure that your children, it's well with your children and that they have a long life on the earth. And children can't expect that result from the parent unless they first obey their parents. And then God steps in and fulfills a promise that you would live long and do well. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm saying? That's an instruction. To, now, then he shifts off and gives an instruction to the fathers. Fathers... Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, the father can say, you know what? If the kid would just do what I asked him to do, if the kid would just, uh, you know, not be angry, if the kid would just behave, if the kid would be happy, then I wouldn't provoke him to wrath. But it doesn't say that. It says if the father wants this from their children, from their child or children, that he needs to first not provoke them to wrath, which means... Don't tease them. Don't be sarcastic with them. Right? But the father needs to do that first. And then he'll receive the blessing. Are you with me? I think we get it backwards sometimes. Watch this one. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Now, we try to change the masters, don't we? I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that be our natural? Let's fix the masters. Let's fix the masters to behave properly. Now, he does speak to the masters. But if we want the result of a good master or a good whatever... A relationship, our boss, our spouse, whatever. 
then we need to be obedient. We need to serve them as though we were serving Christ. We need to take that initiative. And it's like, no way, no how. Do you know my boss? Do you know how they are? And God would probably say, yes, I do, actually. I know exactly how they are. And you're asking me to change them, and I'm saying you change. It is so crazy. It's like, yeah, but isn't God just kind of, are we supposed to be able to just like rub the magic lamp and then God comes out and grants our wish? You know? No. We don't just write a letter to Santa God. No. It doesn't work. Not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves to Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will. And then he, he, he says, with good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men. As an employee, you want better circumstances. You want a better job. Try it God's way. Try it God's way. And he may remove you and put you in a different place. But until this attitude, which was in Christ, is in us. So sure, things are going to work out. Knowing that, watch this, I love this, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord. Do we believe it? Do we trust him enough to take the chance, to take the initiative, to jump out? It's a serious one, isn't it? But there's so much blessing in this. Whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. As masters, do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Finally, to be able to do all this, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Do this because of the strength of the Lord. Walk in this way, which is submissive. It's serving. It's humble. And it's not natural to the natural man. But it is natural to the nature of God, whose nature we now have. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And the first verse that we read, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. It takes strength to take the initiative and God gives it to us. Amen. First Peter three, eight, and nine. To sum it up, all of you be harmonious. That takes initiative. It takes initiative. It's proactive. Be harmonious. Watch this one. Sympathetic. Wow. Sympathetic. Brotherly. <laughs> Be brotherly. Be kind-hearted and humble in spirit. 
Not returning evil for evil. Ooh, man. Did you have to clarify it like that? Ooh, man. Not by returning evil for evil or insult for insult. Watch this. But giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose. Watch this. That you might inherit a blessing. (laughs) See, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's not ask for the blessing and then you'll be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind, honored, and humble in the spirit. No, because Christ is in you, you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. If someone has wronged you or a loved one, and they're trying to make it right, they're trying to make it better, you, you have to, unless you just want to be destitute, from the blessings of God, you have to respond. And you know what God does most of the time when we have to forgive somebody? Just think about your own personal situation. Most of the time when we have to forgive somebody, it's for something that God forgave us for. And if we don't forgive, Jesus had a story about that. It's powerful, it's proactive, it's scary. It's not natural unless you understand that you have a new nature. Some more examples. 1 John 4, 13 through 21. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given of us his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. This is the meat. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God, watch this, abides in Him. And He in God. That is our position. That is our place. That is our experience. That is our relationship. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. We've come to know it. We believe it. This love that God has for us, God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. Watch this. By this, love is perfected with us. It's brought to fruition with us or in us. It's, it grows up. <clears throat> So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Amen. So your experience with the Lord through the Son, Jesus Christ, is forgiveness. It's love. It's grace. It's acceptance. And we are to be that in the world, and that means in our relationships with believers and non-believers. Are you with me? We are to take that initiative because we have responded to the initiative that God the Father took in sending His Son. Right? Is this not what the Scriptures are saying? And watch verse 18. I've got it boldened. Boldened? Emboldened? Bold? The little B button that you click. And underlined. 
There is... Now think about what we just read. And think about what I said about fear. There is no fear in love. Woo! <laughs> but perfect love casts out fear. Don't ask the Lord to take the fear away. Start loving. I mean, it's good to ask the Lord. We should ask the Lord everything. But he's already told us. Not only will his perfect love toward us cast out the fear in us, but our exercising that he is in us. We are like God. We are to do what he does as he was in this world. So are we. Yeah, I heard that. Cast out. And that's that's important because, and this is not in the sermon, but it's good. I mean, you can't preach everything in one sermon, but um, I can try. No. We, there are demons, and there are influences, and there is culture, and there are, there are issues in our endocrine system, and the balance, and our homeostasis, and all that stuff that's physical, or chemical, or... And there are cultural things. So you've got to deal with all of it. You've got to deal with the spiritual. You've got to deal with the cultural. And you've got to deal with the medical aspect. And God can heal any of those and all of those. You can get delivered from a demon of fear. But if you don't love, it's going to come back. I've seen it. And it's, it, you can be supportive of the Scripture. So it is, it is the, the, spiritual, the spiritual rebirth that we have, but it's also understanding that God is in us and we are in God and we behave differently. Our culture is different. Our personal culture is different. The way we respond to people is different. The way we respond to people that have hurt us or taken advantage of us. The way we respond to people who are loving us. The way we respond to all of it is different. But there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. It hurts. It will kill you. It will eat your lunch. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. In other words, we don't. If we if we're still fearing, then we're not perfected in love. Not, and maybe we need some deliverance. But we need to be perfected in love. We need to come to a place where we're mature in loving. Take the initiative, and I promise everything around you will look differently, or look different. You will look differently, and you will see differently. It will look different. Are you with me? Thank you, Mother. And my grandmother. And my other grandmother. And my <laughs> I don't know if I can be delivered from that or not. <laughs> so let's get rid of the fear and take the initiative to love. We love, verse 19, because he first loved us. Again, you see the response. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one, I didn't say that. Peter said that. Paul, John, one of those guys, John. (sighs) 
For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment or instruction, whatever works for you, we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Initiate. God initiated. We respond. We initiate. Others respond. We sometimes expect a blessing, friendship, love, respect. But they no respect. Help. In God's economy, we receive those things from others when we initiate them. Just like God did for us. In Luke. Luke 6, 31 and 38. This is before Jesus died on the cross physically. He already did before the foundation of the world, but... But then we're going to read one out of Corinthians. It's very similar. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you look, that's, that's right. That's initiative on our part, right? It's like, I wish they would treat me better. We'll treat them better. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive... What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount and probably with interest. But love your friendly neighbors. Love your enemies. Does this take initiative? Yes. Can you do it in fear? No. You have to do it in confidence that God is going to do what he said he did. He said he did and is going to do. But love your enemies and do good and lend Expecting nothing in return, which is a gift, and your reward will be great. Love, do good, then live harmoniously, forgive all these godly attributes and qualities. You do these things and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. In other words, you'll act like the person who lives in you. Whose name you bear. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Oh my goodness. For he himself, God, is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Y'all, that's hard. But I don't know that it has to be. If we're willing to be humble. And trust God. That he's going to handle it. That we don't have to handle it for him. But he will handle it if we behave like he does. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Be merciful. And that doesn't mean be merciful to God. That means be merciful to the people you live with. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not... Be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. we got to get it flip-flopped. So, then read. Give, and it will be... Watch this. Now, have you heard anything? Yeah, we did say about lending up here. But the other things were doing good, right? It was. It's more than just money here we're talking about. So, in verse 38, that we pull out and use for money sometimes. Uh, it, it's okay. It's true about that, too, but... It's true about a lot of other things. It's also true about the 
offering the character of God to others. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. They're going to do that if you take the initiative. Now, you can try to make them do that. Good luck. But when you do it God's way, miracles happen. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. We need to think about how we treat people. We need to think about how we forgive people. We need to think about how we respond. We need to think about our proactive lifestyle is it Christ-like? Really, really important. Second Corinthians 9, 1 through 11 in the message. And this is the last scripture. And y'all going to be out early. I can change that. No, I can't. It's a beautiful day. I want you to enjoy it. Luke, Second uh, Corinthians 9. This is after Jesus was... Uh, crucified, buried, and rose again. If I wrote any more on this relief offering, this is just a, a real example of two churches, a needy one and one that had something to give. And they probably had to give out a need. But if I wrote any more on this relief offering for the poor Christians, I'd be repeating myself. I know you're on board and ready to go. I've been bragging about you all through Macedonia province, telling them Akai province has been ready to go on this since last year. Your enthusiasm, uh, they didn't know that you could just click, you know, send the money. Sorry. (laughs) Your enthusiasm by now has spread to most of them. Now, I'm sending the brothers to make sure you're ready. As I said, you would be, so my bragging won't turn out to be just so so much hot air. If some Macedonians and I happened to drop in on you and found you weren't prepared, we'd all be pretty red-faced, you and us, for acting so sure of ourselves. So to make sure, this is very practical, isn't it? So to make sure there will be no slip-up, I've recruited these brothers as an advanced team to go to get you and your promised offering all ready before I get there. I want you to have all the time you need to make this offering in your own way. I don't want anything forced or hurried at the last minute. Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. And you may recognize it as so sparingly, you reap sparingly. So abundantly, you reap abundantly. So the order of behavior is so and reap. And if you sow sparingly, but without fear and with confidence in the Lord, we can sow generously. Amen. And he promises something. He promises something here. If you'll sow generously, you will reap 
generously. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. And I'm not talking just about money. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. That's why we have cheerful giving boxes. Amen? Can God... <laughs> delights in giving... Verse 8. God can pour on... Watch this. I love this. God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to do what needs to be done. I mean, we should be looking and listening. As one psalmist put it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy and reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. Right living, right giving, never run out, never wear out. This most generous God who gives, and I love this, who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into a full into full formed lives, robust in God. If you want your seed sack full, give it away. Sow it, sow it, sow it. Whether it be love, whether it be brotherly kindness, whether it be money, anything, whatever, time, right? Encouragement, encouragement. You need some encouragement? Go encourage somebody. You see what I'm saying? All the above. Everything, all the above that, that was even talked about here. I mean, Paul, you know, includes more. Isn't that great? Wealthy. This is God. This is this is what God, how God responds. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into a into full formed lives now, and the the seed becomes bread for the meals. And we have to look at this because if you take the seed and you give it away, you can't make your own bread. You have to trust God that he's going to use someone else to make your bread. You see that? Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Because he's made us dependent on one another and on him, first of all. But that, I, I think that's very interesting. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God. Ah, who? Man, that just thrills an evangelist and a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, you mean if I teach, if I give, you know, if I share that people will actually maybe get saved? Yeah, yeah. They might discover the love of God and they might even share the love of God and they might even give some to you. They might even cook you a loaf of bread. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's awesome to me. But you've got to believe it. We've got to believe that we're strong in His grace. We've got to believe that He provides everything we need. We've got to believe that if we give down to our last little bit, He will lavish us with blessing. That's what it says. This is not about name it and claim it. This is about get off your duff and do it. Amen? 
robust in God. Verse 11, wealthy in every way so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. (laughs) And so there you have it. Are we willing? Are we willing to step out and take that chance? I'm looking around the room. I'm thinking some of the things that you've sacrificed, some of you have sacrificed to sow into the lives of others who otherwise probably would not have received much. I pray God just lavishes you. With abundance of joy and yes, even wealth. Are we willing? Are we willing to step out and take that chance? There is amazing blessing in trusting God and taking those chances. So, so. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget your children. And don't forget to love one another.